Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we got our June mailbag. Got some good questions we're going to get into. The entire uh, city of New York is orange. Justin, how are you? Naranja. Hey, Bobby Skinner. How are you? Um, I'm good. Hope you're good. Hope everyone's good. Is it Friday? It's it's getting towards Friday. Um, I'm about to do something on Friday. Maybe you've already seen it that I'm going to regret. But You got to say it. today. That's how podcasts work. Today. Yeah, we're recording this on today. I'm going to do something today that you're going to hate. I'm going to hate. We're all going to hate, but I'm going to do it because I have to do it. Twitter forced me to do it. Oh, God, you're going to do a, a picture. Yeah, I'm going to do a picture. It's All in right. reaction to everybody's reaction of pictures, though. Okay. All right. I already I, see. I know you. I know exactly where I'm you're doing. I'm doing it in spite of everyone else. All right, Justin. This this uh <laughs> this episode. If you don't know what that is, <laughs> then that that made no sense. If you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, you, unfortunately, you'll see. Uh, you'll see that. Today. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you want to find out. Um. Justin, before we get into this mailbag, this episode was brought to you by some special people. We got Alex Mello, stay Mello, Alex, yeah. and then Kevin Paul. So Mello and Chris Paul, part of the Banana Boat um, uh, Four. Their brothers are in our in our in, in our Patreon. Who are these people? Is Chris Paul just not good anymore? He's not great, but he's still like a good. He's still a good player in the NBA. Was he a Charlotte Hornet? He was a New Orleans Hornet. A New Orleans Hornet. Charlotte, I got Bobcats confused. And then he was an Oklahoma City Hornet, kind of. He's been. He's actually been on quite a few teams now. Wow, look at that. He's and David around. Stern blocked him from being on the Lakers. Kind of one of the craziest things ever, where David Stern just like, no. He's been around the run of the mill. And also our Patreon members, they've been around the run of the mill with us. The ups, the downs, and we had a nice little conversation before the show started today about some like behind the scenes nuggets of stuff that's going on with the Giants. So um, you want to be part of that? Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. True Hours a Month plus some other tiers to get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Uh, Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Did you send the stickers out, you virgin? I did. That 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 picked up. I mean, there's a question about that, so we can do it. All right. But yes, I send you stickers in the mail. And there's uh, some shirt raffles. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thanks to our patrons. Do we have any, I mean, Giants OTAs were canceled, uh, or at least the practice portion were canceled due to the, the smock in the area. Um, no clarification on if that's going to be, like, if that's a day that is now, it could be pushed back, or is it just canceled? Like, do we, we don't have any clarification well, on no, that No, because if you, if they were to push it back, that means they're keeping them longer than, you'd have to keep them for another week, and these guys... Like they have to plan not do that. stays and stuff like that, so they're not. Yeah. They just aren't going to do that to them. And part of it is, you know, they're they're in the in the field stuff. So mandatory mini camp is next week. So I would not expect that uh, to happen. But yeah, and that really no other news in Giants land besides Leonard Floyd and Frank Clark, two people who are two guys who people identified as a possible free agent addition, uh, both off the market. So. Um, nothing, nothing, nothing much going on. So let's get into this mailbag. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes you want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail. 
Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question is coming from Doug Analytics at Doug underscore analytics. What are some key stat thresholds that if the Giants reach or go above, give a good chance of making the playoffs and how do they compare to last year? Do you want me to give some examples that Doug gave? Yeah, because I I looked up some stuff on those examples. Okay, so some examples that Doug gave. Uh, 250-plus passing yards per game, uh, a plus-five turnover differential, 65% or more red zone percentage, six-plus Chris Myrick touchdowns, which I think that fourth one is the the most vital one. Yes, if Chris Myrick is in six touchdowns, it was either the worst season ever or the best season ever. No in the (laughs) middle. Um. So I went and looked at last year where the Giants ranked in all these. Um, and Chris and, Myrick touchdowns? Yes, I did. Um, he was tied for like second in the league week one. Um, <laughs> so for turnovers, I thought that might be the most relevant for the Giants. The Giants were actually only plus three last year, even though they were the best, like, you know, ball, best, like, uh, they had the best turnover rate in the NFL last year on offense, but because they didn't get any on defense. So they were plus three in turnovers despite having the least amount of interceptions thrown in the NFL. Eight teams There's uh, with a, at least a plus five. Six of those eight were in the playoffs, and five of those eight were in the second round of the playoffs. So that's a pretty good indicator of success, whether it's taking care of the ball on offense, obviously, and then taking the ball away on defense. Like, that is something there. 250 passing yards per game, only eight teams with that. Um, you know, and only one team had over 270 passing yards per game. That was the Chiefs, obviously, and we're not replicating what the Chiefs are going to do. Um, so that one, honestly, I don't worry about at all, especially when you have a team that presumably is going to have Saquon Barkley and, and uses the Daniel the legs of Daniel Jones. And then red zone, the Giants were seventh last year with uh, 63.3% touchdown rate. Uh, uh, there. So out of the three that Doug Analytics said, I would definitely say turnovers, right? Because... And with the context of the Giants, not just me being like, you know, can't turn over the ball. But with the new personnel, right, we're expecting the Giants to take more chances. And I don't expect after two and a half years of Daniel Jones really taking care of the ball, him to all of a sudden to be gunslinging and throwing or throwing interceptions. But we're going to be more aggressive. So that number should raise. So will that number can that number raise but stay reasonable while being aggressive and creating big plays on offense? And then can the defense on the si- on that side take uh, take the ball away more than the worst than being the worst interception team in the NFL on defense? So I think with the context of the Giants trying to get more aggressive, adding new personnel, that is out of these ones the best indicator of the Giants having a successful season is being being top in the in the turnover rate or turnover yeah. margin. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it goes back to the, you know, biggest areas of improvement that we talked about last episode. And I said, just be be more disruptive. And it's, it's especially on the defensive side of the ball. Because while I, I view it as inevitable this is this is a this is a positive talking point in my brain because I'm I'm as a fan, I am forcing myself to think this. As a fan, I'm thinking to myself, for the Giants' defense, they're going to force more turnovers this year because they have to. You know, like they they're going to get more than what four interceptions they had last year, right? Yeah, Five? but I, I also retired the phrase like it can't get worse. Than I know, this. I know, I know, I know. But we're a fan, and it's and it's the month of June, and I gotta I gotta talk to I gotta talk to myself about something, Bobby, to have some sort of optimism in some areas, right? But 
what I will say for a fact is the Giants' offense, they will turn the ball over more on the offensive side of the ball. So the defense, that is where they have to pick up that slack and being more aggressive on their end. We want our, we want the offense to be more aggressive. That's been a talking point all offseason. And I want this defense to be more aggressive. I know they led the league in blitz rate, and I know they led the league in blitz percentage. I want this defense being more aggressive, and I want them being more like kind of a get-after-it kind of defense, whether it is stripping the ball, forced fumbles, sacks, negative plays, tackles for loss, pass deflections, interceptions. Like I want this Wink Martindale defense to be just as aggressive, if not even more aggressive, than this Giants offense this year. We didn't get to see it last year, and they still kept afloat and stayed afloat, which is awesome. And can the Giants offense be more explosive, create more big plays while also being a good turnover? Like, not again, yeah. not we don't need to be first in interception rate in the NFL like we were this past season, but can you be fifth to seventh? Because that would yeah. be very successful if you are creating big, more big plays. I'm not, now again, we're not going to be the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen creating big plays, but you know what? They had a lot of turnovers because of their mindset. So can we find that middle ground of creating uh, more big plays without being a turnover-heavy team either? Yeah. Um, and the more you're trying to create big plays, the more fumbles can be a thing with your quarterback. Luckily, luckily, Daniel Jones' fumbles have just gotten better, and it has nothing to do with um, you know, it, it like per time he's touched, hit, sacked you know, uh, carry. It's not, it's like, he's, it's actually something he's gotten better at. It's not just, uh, happenstance, but so turnover, but here's one that, uh, Doug didn't put in there. This Chinese team is going to have Saquon Barkley on it. If Daniel Jones is healthy, we need a healthy Daniel Jones. His legs are going to be utilized. They were fourth in rushing last year. I think if this Giants team is good, Next year, we're going to look at the end of the season and say they were one of the top rushing teams again. Yeah. Because that means Daniel Jones healthy using his legs and Saquon being effective on the ground. Again, doesn't mean you need to give Saquon Barkley the volume that you gave him last year, which was a ton of volume. And his yards per carry dipped uh, compared to his first two years in the NFL. But can they be one of the top rushing teams? Because that will be the sign of a healthy New York Giants team that has Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, not playing from behind, not forcing yourself yeah, to... Yeah, and winning games too. Yeah, so. not not forcing yourself to be in a position where you know, you're playing like the Lions game or you're playing like the, you know, kind of both Dallas games where you're just throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball in the second half. Um, that's a bad position to, to be in. So that's where, you know... You know, Doug, you know, Doug, I think Doug just threw out there like 250 plus passing yards per game. Um, if the Giants are among the top teams in passing yards per game, I'm possibly thinking that it's a bad season because, <laughs> because I don't think this is going to be this should be a balanced offense. That is that is the that is the key phrase that I think we've been using. This should not be an offense where, oh, they're averaging, you know, 260, 270, you know, passing yards per game, you know, because then that means that you're kind of maybe coming from behind um in a lot of games. Uh yeah. Red Zone. I mean, the Red Bucks Zone, were the second passing offense in the yeah, NFL, they were really despite bad. being one of the worst points per game offenses in the NFL. Very bad. Very bad. Um Red zone touchdown percentage, uh, I thought was interesting. Uh, I think Doug just kind of threw out a number at 65, uh, 65% or, or, or more. Uh, I think the Giants were at 63% last year, and the top 10 uh, red zone teams were yes. at a, t uh, were at a 60%. So if they're above 60%, and if they're in that top 10, um, I'll consider that a successful season. And I think in order, and the question is, you know, 
you know, being a good in this statistical category to make the playoffs, if they are top 10 in red zone touchdown percentage at over 60%, and if that if that's the mark that they're at, odds are they'll be top 10. Yes, 65% or more, that's like top, that's like top four, top three territory, at least from 2022. So that's really high. Um, I also want to see. I want to see the Giants offense EPA per play in the top 10. They were ninth in 2022. Um, what really does help the Giants being EPA per play, they were ninth. They were top 10. You wouldn't think so being like, what were they like, you know, maybe 15th, 16th in points per game. You wouldn't think that they would be that high in EPA per play. They didn't turn over the ball. So not turning over the ball really does help, you know, the way that you're scored EPA wise. I want them to be top 10, even if they, even if they create a little bit more turnovers on offense, Giants defense EPA per play on defense, 28th in 2022. Um, I don't think the Giants had the 20, had the fourth worst defense in the national football league. Um, but I think their run defense being so bad hurt them and also being so bad on first and second down really hurt them on an EPA EPA basis too. So not only you know, a red zone offense, you know, Doug mentioned that, but I think having a very good red zone defense again this year too, because even though the Giants were bad on first and second down on defense, they were really good on third down and they were really good inside the red zone. So that's another uh, statistical category that I'm looking out for if the Giants are going to make the playoffs, they need to be good there. Um, and then also Daniel Jones needs to be top 10 in QB CPOE. Um, that that just, I feel like having an accurate quarterback and having a top 10 accurate quarterback in the NFL, that kind of needs to happen. And he and he was last year. Daniel Jones was in the top 10. It's I'm looking at the rushing stats from last year. It is insane that the Falcons had the number three rushing offense in the NFL in drafted B. John Robinson. Arthur Smith. I'm excited to see what the Falcons are this year. And I, I you know me, I'm, I'm a Desmond Ritter hater. So we'll see what happens there. Hope they, they might be. Have they like invested in like a line? They actually have a decent, like they have one of the best guards in the game with, um, what's his name? Ah, oh, damn it. Chris Lindstrom, maybe. So they, they actually have invested. They, they just haven't invested a ton recently, but they've like added pieces that are, that have like come to fruition for them. All right. Um, next question. All right, next question. Coming from Giants Daily Trivia at Trivia underscore NYG. The three position groups on defense that lack depth, safety, interior linebacker, and edge rusher, which is the most concerning for the success of the 2023 Giants, number one, part one, and which of these positions would an injury be the most devastating at? So part one of it is, uh, which uh, which of these is the most concerning for you? Which one is the most concerning for you? I think we'll probably agree. Um, interior linebacker, but I have analysis to follow from that. But interior linebacker and an in, in interior linebacker, particularly interior linebacker number two, is the most concerning for me. Yeah, and it's it's inside linebacker because yeah, you added Bobby Okereke, but you still have a starter who there's you're not. No one has any confidence in the second starter right now, unless you really valued that one preseason game with Darian Beavers that Mike McFadden performed better in. Um, there's just no good option for number two inside linebacker next to O'Kara K. Um, you know the gro- the hope is that McFadden maybe made some growth. Davis could be serviceable. You know, having a full off season within the defense, um, and obviously they're going to run some one linebacker sets um, a good amount, but. To me, linebacker is the answer for both because if Okereke goes down, then we are we're in the same we're in the exact same boat as last year, where it's like we yeah. have the worst linebacker play in the NFL. 
where we talked about it with safety. It's like the safety depth. It's like the the battle for second safety is going to be kind of fun. Like you have serviceable players there next to McKinney. Now, if McKinney went down, that's that's still really bad. And then edge. I mean, we basically dealt with. It's the same exact edge room we had with last year, and that room dealt with injuries, and we were able to to deal with it. Um, so edge would be the least of the worries for me. But line to me, linebacker is the answer for both. Yeah, the the only caveat that I thought of is I'm starting to you know think of the schedule more. Um, you know, when I was on another podcast recently, and they said like, what's a what's a matchup that you're like looking out for like early on in the Giants' schedule? And I said it's like the 49ers week two. Because what does Kyle Shanahan do best? Kyle Shanahan is going to find the weak spots and the weak points on your defense, and he's just going to go at that weak spot every single play until you can find some sort of solution to, you know, to stop it, you know, to stop that that offense from doing what they're going to do. So, like, Kyle Shanahan loves to attack, you know, off-ball linebackers and interior linebackers. So I think week two... You know, we're going to feel a certain type of way about possibly interior linebacker number two you know, and how the, you know, the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball. But then like week one against Dallas, we could be looking at safeties and, you know, the way that they're able to throw the ball, maybe the way that they're able to stretch the field. I know last year that was, you know, that was a frustrating point. Uh, you know, we were missing Xavier McKinney last year, you know, with that Thanksgiving game. And, you know, we were, you know, stressed about the safety depth last year against them. So I think it definitely could depend on the opponent. It depends on the week. I know all offseason we've just talked about, you know, bashing interior linebacker, bashing interior linebacker. I think it's definitely going to depend on the week for us. Um, And that's why I'm hoping that at least somebody in the safety room can step up and we can feel better about that versus interior linebacker. I'm not betting on it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, linebacker, it's just you didn't add any type of – like you added Bobby Okereke, and you didn't add anyone. Like you didn't add, didn't add anyone in the draft. Uh, Mike McFadden was like, does he have the build to be in the NFL? Darren Beavers is, was a six round pick who was twenty four years old who tore his ACL. Jared Davis has been, you know, the Lions with their bad run defense won't even take the guy off the practice squad. It's just, it's you're gonna have a bad starter there. Right. And there's not like a, at least with safety next to McKinney, it's like you have the hope for Belton. And we just got a little nugget from Sean Marash about that he was the, 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 uh, the collarbone was re injured last year. And that's a, a big reason why he wasn't playing a ton. Uh, Pinnock is a good athlete who's still fairly new to the safety position. He's only played two years of safety in the NFL. Javarius Owens, you, everyone knows how much I love that pick in the seventh round. And then we have Bobby McCain, who started a lot of games in the NFL. Uh, you know, after transitioning from corner, uh, his first, uh, you know, four years in the NFL. So you just you just glanced over that that Dane Belton point, but that's kind of a big, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, so go, I mean, go check out um, One Giant Step, Sean Marash's podcast. He had Belton on today, and he broke the news. Like, yeah, I, I re-injured my collarbone. We've all been like, what happened with him? Why did, did he fall out of grace? And he did play throughout the season, but it was pain management. Um, you know, I want to see if Sean tweeted it out. No, because here I am. Here I am thinking, and I've I've gone on, and I've been pretty critical of of Dane Belton, and I've I considered it in my brain because in from what I knew and what we all knew at the time, it was you know Dane Belton suffered that collarbone injury during training camp, and then once he came back, he was back, and then one of the reasons why you know he wasn't playing when McKinney was was out 
is because that's just what the Giants wanted. But apparently that's that's not the case. And, you know, he was strong. He was continuing the struggle with that collarbone injury that he had during camp. And that's why Pinnock was playing over him. And, and obviously, you know, Julian Love as well was the, you know, the lead safety in that room. And I thought it was performance based and possibly it wasn't. Yeah, hold on. I'm retweeting the Mirage tweet from Talking Giants. That's big news. And it's June. It would have been nice to know that at least in December or January. Yeah, like why didn't this promising rookie who seemed to be a little bit of a little bit of a ball hawk, why didn't he play when our number one safety went down? Hmm. I mean, I still have some worries about Belton as a fit. I was an yeah, every down sure. player. Um, but yeah, that obviously is significant where like Belton, Belton as that third safety was doing some good stuff in man coverage, you know, nothing blowing you away or anything, but he was able to play man coverage on the tight ends. Now that Texans game, he did have the interception that game, but I didn't come away from that game inspired from it. Like the play before he got beat for a touchdown, but there was a penalty called that called it back. And then the Texans literally ran the same play again. (laughs) Um, and he had, he like that. Remember that one big run they Texans had? That was, was that Dane, Dane Belton failing, not filling the uh, alley, filling fit, not fitting the run well. So I still do have some worries about him as a every down player, and not just a third safety. Um, which we kind of talked about him when we drafted him as like the Julian Love career would be ideal for him, where it's yeah. like that third guy. Um, but yeah, we didn't. But again, there he may be like the for sure starter in that group and they freaking drafted this guy with an early fourth round pick and really love him and we've just been like why did they pin pinnock over him so yeah thank you sean marash for thank you sean marash for doing your job for simply than- asking him a question and then it seemed it seemed like dane belton was pretty open like yeah i've been i've been getting yeah the collarbones no one's asked progress. yet <laughs> like i haven't been practicing at otas it's never come up with anybody <laughs> Belton's a big hot dog guy too, by the way. Belton is a big hot dog guy. People gotta leave him. People gotta leave him alone. They they've been criticizing him too much. Uh, people gotta leave him alone. All let right, let next, the man live his life. Next question. Next question is coming from Nico Ryzen at underscore kaboom underscore. Read an ad. Hit it out of the park this mm. baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. When you use code world only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So whether it's baseball, whether you're who's that new guy on the Reds? Is uh O'Nelly Cruz. O'Nelly Cruz? That that could be his name. I know his last name. I think it's Ella or Ellie or something like that. I can't remember. It's uh it's uh Ella. Ellie Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz. Yes, yeah, that's quite a bet name. On, go bet on that guy. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplineMA.org. Uh, in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in in 10-plus level. Required for 100% boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. All right, Justin, next question. All right, next question. I'm actually really glad somebody asked about this question because this has been like a little bit of a frustrating point 
that I have just about like some football coaches in general, but we haven't really talked about it a lot. So Glenn with nine nines at plus underscore sign. Why do we give the staff a pass on their two minute drills last season? What was that all about? Bobby, I have stats. Do you want me to hit you with stats first, or do you want to? Hit I actually me with... went like game by game and looked through it. So hit me with some stats. See what we got right. in the comments. I'll hit you some. I'll hit. I'll hit you with some stats. So Jones, three out of his five interceptions were thrown in two minute situations last year in second and fourth quarter two minute situations. Two of them in the final minute of the game. The Giants and the Eagles led the league in most run attempts between two to one minute. In the second and fourth quarters, and they were 28th in pass attempts. So I found, like, I what I first did on StatHead is I did second quarter and fourth quarter, two minutes to go and zero, zero seconds to go to the end of the game. And I saw that the Giants threw the ball more than they ran the ball. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Because at least I think between that two minute to one minute mark, they were running the ball more. And that is... Correct, and I was very correct. Um, so the Giants, in the regular season, in the second quarter, between two minutes to go and one minute to go, they had 20 rushing attempts, 19 pass attempts. Um, in the second and fourth quarter, between two minutes to go and one minute to go, they had 43 rushing attempts and 35 passing attempts. In the second quarter, between one minute to go and zero seconds, they had 50 pass attempts with 12 rushing attempts. And in the second to fourth quarter, between one minute to go and zero seconds to go, they had 61 pass attempts and 23 rush attempts. So it was very conservative between two minutes to go to one minute to go. And then for whatever reason, that's when they decided to pick up the tempo with one minute to go to zero seconds to go, both in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. That's when they decided to throw the ball a little bit more. Well, I, I went and looked at it play by play, and I'm only using the second quarter because I think that's what the question is. I mean, yeah. the fourth quarter, you're – the game's ending. Um, so you're either in pass-pass every down or we're trying to run the clock out. But still, I mean, the second quarter, it's still... Th- they are running the ball more. I'll, I'll go I'll go back. I'm, I'm only talking about the second quarter. Okay, so in the second quarter, between two minutes to go and one, and one minute I to go... I did from three minutes to 45 seconds, which is like when you can decide to either we just want to end the half or we're... We're gonna go. We're gonna go for it and try to add points. I, I went. I went drive by drive. Okay. So they sucked um, in this. They only scored nine points on thirteen opportunities. Um, seven of those thirteen opportunities, they ran the ball in the first play, um, and almost all of their ones that got more than four plays were because they threw the ball. And a lot of times, they screwed themselves, Justin, because I went and looked at it and like did run the pass ratio, and it's like, well, the run the pass ratio on this one is five to two but a lot of times what they would do is they would get the ball with two minutes and 45 seconds left they would run the ball the first two times and then be stuck in third and five and they'd throw the ball and daniel jones would convert and then they then they would start passing the ball but it's like you've already taken a minute off the clock and, it and they don't call you, timeout when they run the ball in first or second yeah half. like they're like they start with the idea of like hey we just want to run the clock out and then they get the first down and they're like all right we might as well go for it now because they're not going to get the ball back and it just was like very frustrating. Like I remember being frustrated about that in the season and criticizing Dable for yeah. that in season. And can I tell um, you who it reminded me of? And I hate to say it, because they did the same thing. Joey, Garrett, and Judge did the same thing. Yeah, it was like it was one of the few frustrating things about Brian Dable last year, um, where it's like 
do you guys plan to go for this or not? Because you're getting a first down after three plays and then you're deciding to go for it. Um, the only time that going for it, like going for it, like the two minute drill screwed them was week three where they went for it on fourth and two. And then at the end of the half, and then the Cowboys just kicked the field goal right there because there was like two seconds left on the clock. That's the only time they were ever bid on the, so, and, the, and hey, that could be the counter side to this is like, hey, we didn't give up points though because we got over aggressive with three minutes left, you know, and, and that's like, that's the really the only counter argument to it. But again, they were not aggressive. Now there were some times where it's like they got the ball moving. And again, this could be a counterpoint to it too, where they got the ball moving. They like that Vikings game, the Vikings game in the regular season. They had that 29 yard double move to Isaiah Hodge and just getting the ball. You get, you get 40 yards and then. A first down sack ruined it. So there was a lot of times where they did get the ball moving a little bit and then a sack would ruin it. And obviously when you're in passing situations, teams are paying their ears back. It's more drop back. And that's when the Giants offensive line issue shined a little bit. So it was a personnel issue, but I also was a little like, all right. So what if you get a sack? You're still, you're still leaving with zero points on the board. So I, w- I hope that that is something that they address and trying to change as a mindset because they were extremely conservative. Even if you look at, um, you know, like their, let's see, what did I have on it? Like they, they, uh, and the three minutes to when a drive started with three minutes to 45 seconds left, the, it was 54 passes, 22 runs. Um, and it was very much like run, run, then pass. And then they yep. would like a drive would end up with like a five to two pass to run ratio with the first two plays were running. And by the time they got the ball moving, the clock was running out. So, um, and they only got, again, they only got nine points out of it. It was the field goal versus the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That was a seven to one pass to run ratio. They went for it. Uh, the field goal versus the commanders, where remember that was actually the one time where they ran the ball and where they get success. I was on those like Saquon had like two or three draw runs that created big plays. And then it, it the most frustrating thing is remember they finished that off with a read option, and it's like, dude, they're and then the Colts at the end of the half where they went eight passes, zero runs, uh, and got the and got the field goal. So they were they were very conservative, and I hope that's something that they've went and looked at their and their self scout and said, yeah, we need to be more aggressive now that we have some more of the personnel that we want on this team. Yeah, I'm looking solely solely with And I'm only talking end of half because that's when you can make a decision. At the end of the fourth quarter, you're the the situation is dictating your decisions. Yeah. Yeah, two touchdown, four field goals with uh solely at the end of the first half. If they had, if you know, between two minutes to go and zero and zero, yeah. Well, I did when the drive started. So there's touchdowns that were. What what Stathead what Stathead is doing is not when the drive starts. What Stathead is doing is that if they have the ball between two minutes to go and zero seconds to go in the second quarter, that's what they're tracking. So the drive that doesn't mean the drive starts at the two minute mark. Yeah, because there were some eight minute drives that started with ten minutes left. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, not so great. I, so I like I, I I went individually by like these are the times where you can make the decision on the first play of the drive, and it's a real decision. Are we going to go for it and try and get points, or are we just going to try and get this to halftime? And there was thirteen times they did that, and they were pretty conservative on most of them. All right, next question. Next question is coming from Chris Wilson at Chris W One Lee. Chris Willie, nice. 
cuts could be typically shocking each year. Who do you think could be a surprise cut on the Giants most people wouldn't think of? And if a vet gets cut elsewhere, what position should be a priority to keep an eye out for? I'm thinking edge number three. How sweet would it be if we get like that, that Quincy Roche, like that 2020, that 2021 type of type of move, right? So, I don't. So, would Darnay Holmes be a, a surprise cut? Because I don't think it would be because it has cap implications. No, I don't. I don't. Think I look so. at a surprise cut as someone that there's no cap implications. That there's like right now, if you told people that you, that guy should be cut, people would call you crazy. Like if you if you say Darnay Holmes, some people might disagree. But at least there's an understanding of the logic of like the of the cap implications. Is Jerry Davis there. a surprise cut? No. No. So here's the thing is I don't think there's going to be surprise cuts because it's not a new regime. The surprise cuts come with new regimes. 2018, uh, Darian Thompson and, and Andrew Adams cut for Curtis Riley. Fair surprise. Joe Judge comes in. 2020, Ryan Connolly, Connolly was cut. That was a surprise cut. Fourth round pick cut a year later. And then with Joe Shane and, and um, Brian Dable, I'm not even going to count Blake because that was different circumstances and it wasn't wasn't really football related. It was more Blake was pissed, and they didn't really love Blake, but so they just decided to part ways. Um, so, but but uh, Quincy Roche was a surprise cut. Like if you go to if you said June two thousand twenty two and said Quincy Roche should be cut, people would be shocked. I mean, when we, did, we when we did the camp battles poll for Edge three, Quincy Roche won in a landslide over guys like Jihad Ward and O'Shane Zimenez and yeah, There were conversations in twenty twenty one about Quinn Quincy Roche being edge rusher number two next to Aziz Ojolari. So let's not and act we, like and we, we threw cold water on that too. By the way, yeah, let's not act um, like we weren't living that reality at one point. <laughs> the only one, Armani Orore, would he be a surprise cut? No. Doug Analytics in the chat said Aaron Robinson. That is one that could be a, a surprise. That, that would you could surprise see me. Yeah. Um. But it's I don't I don't see it happening with new regimes because new regimes they you know how they feel about guys, right? Like the only the only real surprise to me could be like a rookie, like a rookie that falls out of favor. Like if I guess it doesn't even really make sense because. There's no way that Eric Gray is going to get cut. You don't think like Bobby. I'm thinking like Bobby McCain, too. I see. I don't even view that as a surprise cut, though. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about like really surprising. Yeah. It kind of feels like the guys that are on this roster are kind of set. Like, they're set in their spots. And yeah. And we know where the battles are going to be. Oh, so like, even Amani Rory, we Shane know Lemieux's, he's going to be in a battle. Shane Lemieux's not even surprising at this point. No, not, I would not be shocked at. I wouldn't be surprised at all. He's he's ba- he's battling for a job, so I think the surprise cuts come more with new regimes. And now we know how they feel about guys. They they you know they've got guys on the roster. So People I, I will should... be shocked if Shep is cut. Yeah, but it's like not. It wouldn't be surprising because of the logic behind it. I, but I Shep's know. not going to get cut. At the worst, he's going to be on pop. Yeah, they should put they should IR put him on pop. I yeah, we'll see what happens. You can make up injuries in baseball with like, all right, well. You have a pup, you can't, you have to start camp not practicing and then I you know. can't come off of that. So. I know. Like Josh, Josh Donaldson, uh, you know, cut his finger. Uh, making you can put dinner. him on IR, but then you can't use him until uh, I think it's week nine. So do it. Just put him on IR. Um, <laughs> Just keep him around. 
which cornerback last year they got Fabian Moreau off of off of the waiver wire for cuts. Actually, he could sign to the practice squad. Um, but I'm I'm talking vets, not even like I I could see it being from corner, right? Because edge, I don't really see anyone being cut again. There's surprises, you know. The Giants got Quincy Roche, but they should cut Oshane Zimenez. I don't think I'd even be surprised though. No, no, it's not a surprise. I'm just saying that they they should. But I'm saying positions that they could to. add through the waiver wire. Yeah. I, I I would say corner, because like vet corners just seem for some reason get let loose. And it's like corner is like the position we see probably the most traded in training camp because it's like all right, this guy's not going to make the roster. We'll trade him for a six round pick swap. Um, so I, I'd say corner because they don't really have like a true good backup. Out, out now, Amani Rory. We'll see what this coaching staff can get out of him. Another guy. It's like, hey, could be exciting to see what this coaching staff can get out of him. Yeah. Um, but I'm, it's the only surprise cut to like maybe like the the less invested fan would probably be Darnay Holmes. Like if you are a less invested fan and it's like, oh, Darnay Holmes, this guy was a fourth round pick. He started every single year for three years. You were cutting him. That's the that's the really the only one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, next question. Next question. Tim at NYG Tim. I like this question. If you could have a mini hard knocks of one Giants position group throughout this season, which group would you pick? I think this is easy for me. Answer it. Uh, I would easily go with... Now, this requires one particular member being on the team. I'd go with the Giants' offensive line. Um, so, offensive line, selfishly for me, because it's like those are the guys I know the best personally. Um, Corey Cunningham, for me, it rests on Corey Cunningham being on the team because he is just awesome. Cunningham has been, like when we did Giant Stories, was a star of that segment. Yeah. He's a star of the socials videos that they that they put out, you know, the mini mic, the mini mic videos that the Giants put out and, and stuff like that, and... We're waiting to post this. Did we ever get confirmation that from uh No, not yet. We don't have confirmation, but there was a we're gonna post this eventually, but we'll just tell you all we about just it. Post it. Um the Giants offensive line, Daniel what? Jones, Bobby Dane Johnson Belton was there too. Dane Belton was there. Uh they were uh, they were at a bar in New York City, uh after practice a couple of days ago. And I think it was I'm gonna say it's Corey Cunningham. I'm pretty sure it was Corey Corey Cunningham was jamming on the drums with uh, our guy Mikey. He's an editor at John Boy Media. Our guy Mikey's band, Corey Cunningham, like got on the stage and was jamming on the drums. And Jones was there, Bobby Johnson was there, Dane Belton was there, the rest of the offensive line was there. So it was cool to see those guys. And Corey Cunningham was jamming, man. At least I think I thought it was Thomas at first because I know you know he has that musical background, plays the piano. But um, we're trying to find out exactly. It was either who, Cunningham cool or Phillips. I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Um. Wide receiver would probably be good just because, one, you have a bunch of them and it's just an ego-filled room. It'd be fun to see how, like, David Sills interacts with them. Um, Jalen Hyde as a rookie. Wandale seems to be kind of like a character. Do they make short jokes to Wandale? Slayton's funny, yeah. But I think just the most personality would be Edge. I mean, you got Kayvon and, and Hottie. Yeah. Do you think they can And I'd like to see how Kayvon is behind closed doors. Like, yeah. So, like a little comment is like, how much does Kayvon 
Because Kayvon's very, like, philosophical. I want to know if that's just for the cameras or does he actually act like that behind closed doors. And remember when, after the Commanders game, what did Dexter Lawrence say? Like, his first reaction to Kayvon scoring the touchdowns. Like, oh, we're going to hear about that the whole way back home. Like, all right. Like, okay. So, like, that kind of gives you a little peek. And then, obviously, Hottie is uh, pretty entertaining. But Hottie kind of gives it to us anyways on Instagram Live. Uh, so, he gives us uh, already a little mini, mini hard yeah. knocks. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, D line is the funniest group, though. Like Hottie and Kayvon might be like the most have the most personality, but D line is going to be the funniest with Dex, Ashawn, and 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 Nacho, and and I'm I'm sure Leo kind of. Well, Leo just lives the most. I mean, so here's if if you're talking about Hard Knocks following you for a season, you would get like, okay, Leonard Williams anytime he gets a chance to fly out west and fly out home and out to California. And he's just gonna do what he does: so sword fishing, hunting, hunting, fishing, loving every day. What he does, so that would just be amazing to follow, like the 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 life that he lives. It's we nuts. need to get Lennon Williams on the show before he's not a giant anymore. I've, I've, he definitely knows at least who, like who I am. He well, name yeah, searches himself. Knows us at this point. Uh-huh. He name searches himself, and he sees that I positively tweet about him. Yeah, I mean. The- this sounds really like douchey, but it's like the whole team knows about it. Like, so when I made that, when, when I actually asked Julian to do it, which is funny, like the, the whole joke of like Bobby's Julie asks uh, Julian to edit this. Uh, when I asked Julian to edit the, uh, um, uh, him holding the gun with the extended clip. Yeah. Daniel Jones. Yeah. It's like we, me and Julian were talking. It's like, we know for a fact that like when that gets posted, that is shared around the locker room. It's like the the whole the team is sharing that like they're all te- group texting that or, oh, or in the know, locker room type. Stuff. You know who I was with yesterday? Hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, I uh I showed him that picture and he left like he got a big kick out of it. Yeah. So it's like that type of so this sounds very douchey to say that, but it's like it just is true. Um. All right. Next question. Next question is coming from. Research Rick, MYG fan in Charlotte. When there are full contact practices with the Lions and the Jets, why should any of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Andrew Thomas, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Dory Jackson, or Xavier McKinney play a single snap in the three preseason games? And I kind of agree. I don't. I kind of think they shouldn't. I disagree. I, I, I disagree pretty strongly on this. One, the Jets game, they won't play snaps, right? Because that's going to be the third game if we're going off of what they did last year. So the third game, they're not going to play snap. So the Jets game, they're not. The Lions one is the first preseason game. You're still very early in camp. And in the first, again, if we're going off of history, the starters only played two series in that in that game. Right? So they're not going to be playing very much in the preseason. Um, and then the second preseason game, we're not doing joint practice. And that's when the Giants offense or, you know, the Giants starters get a full half. Now, again, there's differences. Like, I don't think D linemen need the, the, a ton of reps, but your quarterback does. It matters. It's so much different than practice. And there's, no, especially for the quarterback position, when you're not wearing a red jersey and you're facing live bullets, it's just a totally different animal. And where there's consequences for bad decisions, where and not just let's move to the next play, you're going to get yelled at in the meeting room. Like there's actual in game consequences for making bad decisions. Fans are there. You know, there's pressure. Um, I, I, 
like it just matters for quarterbacks. And guess what? If you're going to have the starting quarterback out there, you've got to have, have the starting, starting offensive line. Yeah. You got to have the starting wide receivers out there. Obviously, and again, you can make exceptions. Like Saquon, you know, Saquon got one drive last year. We didn't see him for the rest of the preseason. Saquon's not playing in the preseason. Yeah, don't need to see Saquon. So there, there is exceptions to the rules, but like most of those guys that research Rick, especially Daniel Jones, I want them playing in the preseason. Guess what? The Giants. We're a team that played their players in the preseason, and less coaches are doing that. The Giants started six and one last year. They started hot, and I believe, like, I, you know, there's no tangible evidence, but I bet that helps a little bit. You know, for offensive linemen, shaking off the rust, playing without baggy jerseys that defensive linemen can hold on to. Um, I just think a lot of it makes a difference. We're holding penalties are going to get called. Like, I just think it makes a lot of difference, and even on the D line, like dealing with live speed reading reading blocks and stuff it's just different not playing against your guys um and not in a practice setting so again nothing replicates live snaps for me and i am i'm a big believer of you doing i mean doing what brian dable did you have one game where they play a couple series one game where they play a half and then the third game you you rest your starters all right we're playing football you get there's just there's just as there's just as good of a chance if not more for there being an injury in those joint practices, then there's that preseason game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, good news about Detroit is that, yeah, that, that Detroit game's on the road. That's going to be the, the first new look of the new turf that we're going to be playing on because the Lions got the same the same company. Wait, and that the game's same, on the road or home? It's on the road. So we won't see the turf. Nope, but they, they also got the same type of turf installed this past oh, okay. offseason. So uh, I guess their practice field and their stadium will be um, a similar a similar time. Sure, it's it's catered towards their needs and whatever, but it's the same type of playing surface, same company, and everything like that. I literally took a morning of research, looking into the field of MetLife Stadium and what the company is about and what they're looking to replicate, and nobody cared about it. So um, I'm glad I get to talk about it now. Um, next question. Uh, yeah. Next question. Next question. Um, die the giant at NYG in Wales. It wasn't answered last time, so I'll ask again. Thanks for asking again. One of my goals for this year is to fly over to make a game at MetLife. That is a great goal. Any suggestions on where to get tickets from? Maybe somewhere that makes t- buying tickets super simple and make sure you get a good deal. Oh boy, do I have news for you? Do I have news for you? Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Wow, what a coincidence! If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes Buying tickets, super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app in the entire world, universe, ever. No one will ever beat them. Never lost. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and so much more. They always want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, Make sure you look at the green dots. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buying guarantee. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the time with swaps. We've got the hookup use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app and die the giant. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Next question. Mr. Brownstone, um, the Natty Daddy, Vanilla Gorilla 89. Uh-oh. 
this is where where you screwed up. Where did I screw up? You didn't look at the refresh mailbag. Oh, I didn't look at the refreshed. I make a copy. Oh, sugar. Sugar. Because I'm going to read an ad. And we'll get to insert it somewhere else. Okay. No, I'm not inserting it somewhere else. People are going to have to deal with it. All right, do this question, and then I want to talk about something afterwards. Where are the stickers, Mr. Brownstone? People love that. That. The whole that story. I was surprised. I was I, after I told it, I was like, "Oh, that's a stupid story," but people, we got a lot of comments and tweets about it. People really thought it was funny, and uh, we're a bunch of virgins. We're all virgins together. Yeah, I had one person. I felt bad because she just didn't get the joke. And it was just like, con- "Congrats to saving yourself from marriage, Bobby." Like, Shout out to Bobby Skinner for saving. Like, I wonder himself. what percentage of people are just like, "Oh, they're they're having a very wow. serious talk." Like just right now, um, finger snaps. Pe- people really like that. And it also has me on my sticker game, too, where it's like, I got to get these out quicker before people lose their mind. You don't want to be a virgin. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I don't want, I don't, I don't need, what was the guy's name? Let me pull up his name. Oh, don't say his name. Why not? He didn't give me his last name. Oh, Maybe okay. that's why the, the, that could be a reason why. It's like his mail, they just, they just didn't send it to him, send it to him because it's, it's only Matt. Matt. The most frustrating part of the message, I'm looking at it and I was like, sent them to your address list twice, something wrong on your end. But I'm just glad I got your twenty dollars. And he just says, "No, you didn't." I was like, "Do you think I just sent stickers to everyone and decided you specifically who complained about it to not send them?" Like, come on, man. Um, come on, man. Um, I have an OTA question for you that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about. His email. What? They're they're like cross training a few guys at, at different positions. So, and this could just be a spring thing with with OTAs. Um, or it could be an actual thing that they're going to do. So we'll we'll see in training camp. Nick McLeod at safety, and you know the more notable one is Cordell Flott in the slot. Now I think Cordell Flott in the slot, like they actually drafted him to play in the slot, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, but Nick McLeod at safety, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, like hey, and he basically good. played safety last year. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about it. I mean, he 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 was kind of like that jack of all trades guy for them last year. They put him at safety, they put him at corner at times. They just kind of move him around. So again, he's a guy who can play special teams, depth piece, and maybe we forget him when we talk about the fifty-three man roster. Um, or actually, I don't think I did forget. No, him. he made it on mine. I think he was one of your first three out. Maybe, but hey, I I think he he'll get you. Hopefully, he's not getting used a ton because just starters just separate themselves as starters. Um, is this you know the what? new Julian Love? You know what also Some are separates? Saying. No, it's not Julian. Love. <laughs> you know what also separates themselves? Um, bird dogs. Bird, bird dogs. dogs. And man, bird dogs—they just—they one—they make you look good, right? They like they—they they just make you look good, and that's the most important thing when buying clothes. But the second important thing, and the like, very close to number one, is how comfortable they are. And bird dogs truly are. Their stretch khaki shorts are just designed to fit slim through the thigh and, 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 you know, and leg, giving you like a, a sculpted look. It just fits comfortably. And again, that stretch fabric is the key. Like whoever created stretch fabric a few years ago that while also like being able to keep like the, the appearance of khaki or whatever, you know, like even like those stretch jeans, like they've, they've figured it out. I'm going to tell you maybe, something. Maybe, maybe it was bird dogs. I'm going to, I think it was because, I just opened up the pants that they sent me. 
A lot of different variety. Some stuff that looks like, hey, if I want to go out to a restaurant, I can wear it. Still stretchy, still comfortable, still good. Some casual stuff looks comfortable, stretchy, good. I have an observation for you. And there's a two-word response that I'm going to be looking for you from right here. Are you with me? You're with me? There's a two-word response that I'm going to be looking from you when I say this sentence. My ass looks good in some bird dog pants. You're asking me to say something about that? There's a two-word response that usually I, I I laugh when you say it. Oh, word. Oh, word. There you go. Good job. So I was going to be like, no, something. <laughs> Fix, uh, bird dog sh- uh, shorts fit way better than regular shorts that uh, are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Uh, they fix the issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. See, I was already reading the bullet points before I was reading the bullet points. Wow. And they also use anti-stick, stink, stank, sweat, wicking fabric that keeps you cool, dry all day long, which is... There is some types of shorts or like boxers, like you buy a new pair of boxers, and it's like in the day, it's like, oh my gosh, these these things ranking. And it's bird dogs, they don't they don't let you do that. So go to birddogs.com slash giants and enter promo code giants for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Wow. That's birddogs.com slash giants for a free Yeti style tumbler. You'll be Justin, glad you did. Your ass will look good. Do we have no more questions, but I have a question for you. Yeah. You didn't answer me when I tweeted at you. Remember when we talked about doing a 24-hour oh, live stream in June? Shit. And it is June. So are we doing this? You got to come up here for it. No, I think it's better to do from home. Oh, God. We no, sit it's, in this it's, chair? It's, you can pull up a couch or your a recliner. You can do whatever. You can bring your computer, you know, your laptop to the couch with you. Like, I, I plan on doing that for a little bit of it. Um, you know, so we got to think of ways, uh, GPO giant said for every hundred dollars in super chats, Justin has to eat a hot dog. One for every hundred dollars for one. I mean, I would every, every like 25, 50, I can, I can, I can hammer one down. You'd be surprised how much people will get. We'll get get people who will just give a hundred dollars to see that. That's weird. I'm I'm starting to. That's what a 24 hour live stream is, though. Like you don't realize that. That's trending towards the me making an like an, an OnlyFans account. Doug right? Analytics said Bobby's going to be in the COVID couch position. That could make sense. I also was thinking we just record the podcast for one hour of it, so we do it on like a Thursday or Monday, and we no and we just Thursday, work. no Monday. Why not Monday? Because then I would have to I have to go into the office Tuesday. Well, Wednesday. no, you wouldn't have to go into the office if you're doing a 24 hour live stream. I could do the 24 hour live stream at the office and then have you in my ear. Why People would you want to do in. it at the office and not at home? I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to put my household through that. It's 4 a.m. and I'm talking and people are trying to sleep. You could. They can hear you talking at a normal level through the walls. Yeah. I also get loud. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm going I'm to. But an at 4 a.m., it's going to be quiet. Just whisper. Just whisper about the New well, York All right. So let's set, let's set a date for it. I think Daniel Jones is going to have a great year. I think we should do it on a Monday. I would hate to do it on a Monday. It's like if that would, that would ruin the entire week. Like the sleep schedule, at least if we do it on a Thursday. You wouldn't rather ruin the week than the weekend? I would rather have the weekend to recuperate. That's what I use the weekend for. 
I'm now at a point in my life where I'm but old. But the weekend is the weekend, bro. I use the weekend to recuperate and get ready for the week, not not to, oh, I'm at a party, live my life. We should just do it next week. No. <laughs> Stop. I'm serious, because it doesn't week. make any sense to do it at any other time. I have my bowling league on Tuesday too, so I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a 24 hour live stream on Monday, then go bowling Tuesday. So night. what hours should we do? Should we do like 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. or 8 p.m. to 8 p.m.? I think 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's why she's like you get the all nighter through. It's like the all nighter. Like That's you, crazy. It's a normal day, and then it's like just get through this all nighter, and then I get to sleep. I feel like I would need to give people my address. Like I would need to give Dan Schneier my address. Um, well, we'll have Danny King on for it. We'll let people, you know, listeners. Well, you no, know, I want people come coming to my it. house. I want them being with me, not um, on Streamyard. So, and we obviously we have to think of things to do it besides just answering chats. Um, you know, I'm like not we'll have, prepared for this. We should get this sponsored. Yeah, we do. Who do I message, Jeremy? Yes, message Jeremy. All right, let me message Jeremy right now. I can't believe we're doing this. It'd be good to have Danny King on since he's like three hours in a different time zone. So Danny he, King's he, back home, dude. Oh, he's back home. He's done. Yeah, he was the he summer. was there for two weeks. He got the job in like April. Oh, that's right. It's June. What the hell? Training camp right around the corner. Have you talked to them about getting that sponsored? By the way, no. All-Star game. No, that's too soon. That's that's in July. It will All-Star be it will be a topic that will be talked about. So we I mean the tweet at, see, I said this on Caitlin Brower's show. Every time I have an idea that I know people will love, Justin poo-poos it. Yeah. So <laughs> we we gotta you you said you were down for it, so I'm when did I say you. this? You said it because at when? first you were at first you didn't like it, and then we were on the I think we we're on the phone, and you're just like, yeah, I'm actually like, well, that's, oh, def- yeah. that's something well, we definitely should do. I must have been feeling good that week. Yeah, you were. It was surprising. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So we'll look out for when we're gonna have a 24 hour live stream. I'm gonna get I some swear. pinos, get some get some pinot grigios and snacks, and have him come on. Yeah, we can get snacks on for a little bit. I would love that. Do a little drinking or something. Pretty good drinking beer. All right. That's an episode. All right. So let us know what you guys think. So that is an episode. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Working on getting an interview. Like I literally, I have no clue who it'll be because I sent out feelers on a few. But working on getting an interview for Tuesday. So appreciate you guys. We will see you Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. Tweet at Justin to do the 24-hour live stream. Until then, let's go big blue.